welcome to episode number two of Lead at Work and at Home. I am Mark Greenberg. I hope you're having a great week, and thank you so much for joining me today. I want to first begin by just sending a quick thank you for all the support over the last few weeks. I really appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind subscribing, leaving a comment, or sharing with three people, that would be great. You can also share it with people that you think might benefit from this podcast. Subliminal messages there. That would be amazing too. Today's podcast is centered around the game Tug of War inspired by the Squid Game. I promise no spoilers. In one of the episodes, the kids game that they play for survival is the Tug of War. The Tug of War has an interesting origin because it's centered around it's it was centered in ancient Egypt and China where the sun and the moon played tug of war over the light and darkness. And I'm going to share with you a story about my own tug of war that took place two years ago at O'Hare Airport. My family might call me cheap sometimes. I would call myself frugal. So when I fly and travel, I like to leave as early as possible. My wife, not so much. So two years ago on a Saturday in December, we were on the way to visit my parents in Florida and I made the decision that I did not want to pay money for an Uber ride. Round trip Ubers for family of five is probably $200. So I said, hey, let's load up the minivan and let's go do long-term parking in the middle of winter. So we load up the minivan. We had our early 6 a.m. flight, got everyone up at 3.30. As you would imagine, they were ecstatic to be up. Everyone was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and we hopped in the minivan. At about 4.30, I overshot the terminal, and as I was backing up, I bumped into a Mercedes-Benz. Now, at this point, my wife was dozing off. My three kids were in la-la land of social media, whatever they were doing, and within five seconds, a very angry man ran up to my car. He smacked my window and yells, get the fuck out of the car. With that, my 13-year-old pops up his head and says, "Uh uh-oh, that guy's angry. My seven-year-old starts to cry and my 11-year-old does nothing. And my wife says, should I get out of the car? And so those that don't know me know I'm not exactly the largest man, although I would call myself a Jewish six foot one, which puts me at roughly about five foot eight. Also, my boxing record is only one and oh. And that only took place because when I was a junior at Maney's High School, I ran up to Ole Cooperman, tapped him on the shoulder, gave him a quick left hook or maybe even open slap, can't remember, and then ran away. And that was the only time I've ever boxed, unless you include Mike Tyson's punch out from the old Nintendo days, but I digress. So picture this 430 in the morning O'Hare airport, the dead of winter, minus 10 degrees, families pissed off, wife's pissed off. Mercedes Ben was just tapped. And here's little old me with a crazy man at my window. So I take a deep breath. I gather myself and I head out to the car. Take a look. The damage was not so bad. I looked at the man and I said, you and I both know this is not how we want to start our morning. Hi, my name is Mark. What's your name? And I extended my right hand. And within two seconds, I heard this. 
It was the sound of diffusion. It was the sound of someone who really lost their shit. And they realized that they lost their shit. And it was me being able to recognize on what could I do to literally lower the temperature of a really volatile situation. The man then proceeded to tell me how his he just dropped off his girlfriend and he's had a really rough week. It's the holiday season and he's just having a hard time. He then went over to my family and he apologized to them profusely. We then, I dropped off the kids, dropped off the baggage, went to long-term parking and never drove to the airport again. But the story, when I think about it, and I think about watching that squid game and about the tug of war, it's really about relationships because when we're in conflict, when we're stuck, when we're trying to overpower someone, whether it's an employee, a vendor, a spouse, whether it's our children, our parents, we get exhausted. And what ends up happening is in tug of war, it's called elastic recoil. And we know if two people are pulling on opposite sides of a rope, the only thing in the middle that is forming is what? That's right. You guessed it. Tension. And the impact on tension is significant. The volatility of me meeting that man with the same ferocity could have ended in a really, really bad way. It just could have ended really ugly. And this happens all the time. You see it on social media. You see a person pulling, another person pulling back with no one at all in sight of the common goal. And that's moving forward and forging ahead. I think a lot of this is about control, us wanting to control a situation or even another person. And so today on today's episode, I'm going to just share with you three or four examples of how this emotional tug of war plays out and what you can do to diffuse some of the situation in your life. Yesterday, the Bears were playing at noon, and my son, who's 16, had a big Spanish test coming up today. Hope you did well, Max. Hope you crushed it. And I, as a parent, obviously am concerned that he is not doing enough because I think every parent is concerned that their kids aren't doing enough. And it's usually a reflection because we don't think that we're doing enough. So I kept badgering him. Max, it's 10 o'clock. You cannot watch the bear game until you study the test. Max, you've known about this test for two weeks. It's, it's a major part of your grade. And what does he do? He keeps pushing back. Dad, I got this. Dad, leave me alone. And this goes on for 10 minutes. And, and so at this point, we're getting nowhere. And so I took a cue from the things that I believe in. And I, and I stopped. And my exact words were, Max, you and I both know to do well on a test, you must study. And with that, I heard this. <sighs> Diffusion. It was him recognizing that he needed to study for the test. He stopped pulling on the rope because I was able to set him up. I then followed up with a question because once someone lets go of their rope, you then can do what we do best with people and that's teach. And my exact words were, Max, if you're gonna fail this test, what's gonna be the main reason why? It allowed him to think because thinking is important. We have to trust other people and his response, of course, was, I don't study enough. So then I said, 
well, what do you have to do? And he then said, study. He then went at it, did the best he could. I don't know what the end result will be of his test, but I think he probably learned a lesson. I also learned that I cannot treat every conflict with my family or my employees like the seventh game of the World Series. Because if I do, we'll have nothing left to handle the next game that's probably going to happen five minutes later. A masterful teacher can do this with such ease by using the exact same language I've described. If a child is constantly disrupting their class, which happens at every class in the world, teachers should get Nobel Peace Prizes for patience for what they have to endure and manage. But imagine one child who's constantly yelling out and one teacher A says, I've told you three times, do not interrupt me, do not raise your hand, think about the consequences that, that that will happen with that child. But if the teacher says, you and I both know it's important to raise your hand, I believe you have some amazing, amazing things to say, and you and I both know you have to be patient, there's a very good chance that that child will conform to what the teacher wants. For those of you that lead employees, tardiness, although not so much being on Zoom calls, I feel like everyone has been on time for Zoom calls, but employee who's running late. I am someone who struggles with this. I've struggled with my whole life. Uh, I have my own set of executive functioning challenges that I work on. No one is more aware of this deficiency than me. So when I run late, I don't need a manager to sit there and tell me how awful I am for running late. But what would be helpful for me if a manager said to me, you and I both know it's important to be at work on time and to do it in a really direct way, as opposed to sending me emails that may come off very passive aggressive, which then allow me to push on their rope. But the idea of using that language is really, really important. The impact for, for not doing this is pretty significant because the number one impact is decision-making. If we're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, we can't make good decisions in particular for the people that are that we're guiding. And I can't think of a, of a more important, meaningful job guiding and leading than your children. If you're feeling overwhelmed with something and you need your child to go beyond and to do something, you got to use this positive language. The days of, of growing up in a parent telling a child one thing and one thing only and expecting that to happen, it's just not there. Things have changed. I'm not making a suggestion that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that this is how things are. The distractions, the addictions to social media, the fact that we want our kids to advocate for ourselves and when they push back, we get upset is really interesting phenomenon because we've raised a whole generation of Brazilian kids who are constantly digging in their heels and then we're constantly pushing back which is why this language is so important. The cool thing about this language though, is it's not geared necessarily to correcting things because me going to an employee and saying, you and I both know how hard you worked on that project and how meaningful it was for our business. And I just wanna say amazing job and thank you is powerful. It doesn't cost money. I don't have to give that person a raise to make them feel validated or acknowledged. Me recognizing that my child is doing something around the house that is really simple. And I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use a, a continuum from last week. 
hey, Hannah, I noticed that you took out the garbage. You and I both know how important it is for us to work together in the house. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. That stuff is empowering. Now, I try it with my wife. Not so much. I don't think that's a very good idea for the health of my marriage to say, honey, you and I both know how much I appreciate it when you go to the grocery store. No, she probably wants just me to go to the grocery store, um, which I did this week, by the way. But I got the wrong milk. I always get the wrong milk. I don't know how I do that. Sometimes I'm supposed to get skim milk, sometimes 2% milk. I think this time I grabbed chocolate milk, but I think my kids liked it. This stuff is important, and it's important because it allows us to focus on the other things that we want in our life. Otherwise, we're just creating a complete bunch of noise. There have been injuries in tug of war. There's slivers, and those slivers are really hard to get out. And we know how pesky they are. And we know that a sliver can linger for a while. And usually in conflict, it's never one tug of war. It's a continuum. It's a continuation of the tug of war, which ends up getting us more fatigued and more tired. So this week, as you're maneuvering through your life, trying to figure it out, give you and I both know a try. I think you'll be shocked how easy it is. And I want you to pay attention not to the other person, but to the most important person in this equation, and that is you. As we wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. I also want to acknowledge that yesterday on October 10th was World Mental Health Day. I've shared with you a little bit about some of my challenges as I become more comfortable behind this microphone and desire to become more vulnerable, I look forward to sharing with you a bit more about my struggles. I think they play a huge impact in my life as a person and a leader. And I would imagine there's many, many of you out there who can relate to what I'm saying, but it was World Mental Health Day yesterday. And just please realize that if you're someone having a hard time, there's help. It's a phone call away. Counseling and therapy has never been more accessible. You don't even have to leave your home. Um, but just pick up the phone and make that call. And the best advice I would ever give someone is to always think of the word impermanence. And that for me is when I'm struggling or having a hard time, I realize that nothing is ever permanent and that I will always come back to feeling a good feeling of self-worth. It may not last forever, but I always know when I'm feeling kind of down, it will, it will always come back. Thank you again. Please leave a comment share notes with me. Please send me an email, mark at elevatedleader.com. I wish you a great week and thank you so much for joining me.